Tessa has done whatever it takes to get what she wants. A rematch with the Beast for the World Championship. In every facet of her ring journey, Tessa has sought to battle the biggest, the baddest, and the best. Tonight, she faces the trifecta in the Beast. For the beloved specimen of the ring, the Beast, her rage must continue to permeate her being just as it did before winning the championship. For if the Beast allows the fans' adoring adulation to lessen her intensity, the Beast will lose her title. It's our main event. The Beast defends her piece of history, the WOW World Championship, against the born legend, Tessa Blanchard. Will Tessa redeem herself with this rematch? Or will the Beast disprove Tessa's claims? The only reason that you're the champion is because you got lucky. Oh my goodness! And cement her legacy as the biggest, baddest, and best of the ring. We will find out tonight. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast, and this is your host, Mr. Green, and we are down to it now. This is the final, final review for the unaired uh, editions of WOW before they reintroduce themselves on the air with their all-new, for the fourth time, WOW product. So... Uh, as I will be going through this particular episode, I also will give whatever updates that I know of as it relates to WoW, its roster, where it's going, what's going on, anything that I know, uh, whatever news has uh, kind of popped around as far as that particular brand is concerned. Uh, as always, I think I need to start off with, you know, if you have not, you know, please like, share, subscribe, support this channel and its growth. Uh, the WPN has uh, done decent because of all of you, and I'd like to continue to keep that going. So if you are listening to this, whatever platform that you may be catching it on, whether that be through Podbean and greater podcast platforms or on YouTube, you know, please uh, show your support in, in just clicking the button. Small thing for you, big thing for me, uh, and I would appreciate it very much. Uh, you can also go to the WPN website, WPNWrestling.com. That is the nexus for everything that is going on within this uh, particular site. As also, it's got a 24-hour stream of all the footage that we've shot over the years since 2013. 
So uh, if you are wanting to see some other wrestling, and, and for that matter, if you, for those of you that tune in for WOW, if you want to see some of the WOW stars before they became stars, then you, uh, or before they became WOW superheroes, I should say, they always were stars. They were always stars. But if you want to see them before they became wild superheroes, then you may want to tune in for that. So, you know, again, that, that's a stream that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And catch it all for free. So, let, let's uh, jump into a couple of things here with WOW. It is episode 32. And episode 32 is the final now, I, I think I need to point out that WoW has a habit of doing what I would deem is pretty predictable. Now, it might not be predictable to, I guess, the average eye, and I will give them credit in that regard because the hiatuses that they take would probably wipe your memory from anything that you saw two or three years ago. But WoW has developed this habit of we'll do a season and whatever championship changes are going to happen, it's going to happen at the end of the, of the season. Pretty much without fail. The tag team championships will change first and then you'll get their world's championship change probably on the finale. Knowing this, I walked into this season with, you know, pretty well spoiled because I knew uh, that the titles was going to change hands because they always change hands. And as it stands right now, uh, before until they come on the air and do something different, the tag team champions are listed, or they were, as the, uh, I hate the name, the Dixie Darlings and Jesse Jones. They were the given tag team champions. Assumably to use a free bird rule where any of the three would be able to move in and out and so on and so forth. Now that's probably not going to apply. And I'll get into that a little bit later on. I'm sure that this is, this is why I complain about their hiatuses so much because it makes them have to do what I'm going to talk about later. But, uh, before we get off into that, why don't we go through the review? That's probably the, the best way to, to start with this thing. And then we'll come back around to some of the wild news and notes and, and things of that nature. So, this is the blow-off of all the feuds that they have stacked upon each other from uh, the beginning of the would-be season till now. Re remember, this is a season of wild that was taped in full, taped and edited in full but it never got a chance to air officially because they were canceled by the uh, carrier of the program at the time, which was Access TV. Now, I will go on record to say that that was through no fault of WOW. They were canceled because uh, Access TV got new ownership. And because of that new ownership, they were not part of the, the program going forward. The importance of a wrestling program was placed solely on the one that they owned and that was Impact Wrestling I mean even New Japan felt the brunt of it but they have at least begun to renegotiate with New Japan so uh, that might come back on Access TV if it hasn't already by the time you hear this podcast 
but Wild, on the other hand, is just you know it just kind of fell by the wayside, and there was, as far as I know, no negotiations for them to return. So they went off and they they began negotiating elsewhere, which is where they are now. They are now going to, and I'm repeating this news because somebody might be listening to it for the first time. Uh, they are now going to partner up with Viacom, CBS, and air their programs there, which means all previous programs will now be on the CW app. And by previous programs, we mean only the last, I don't know, two and, two and a half, three seasons. Uh, the, essentially the ones that aired on Access TV before now. Uh, they are not acknowledging, at least on television, the seasons that aired from uh, 2000 when they established WoW and then the forgotten season when they came back. And I think they only ran on KCAL in California. And uh, there's a season that still exists on their website, WWE, which the seasons or the episodes, I should say, are basically just... Um, uh, a match a piece and maybe some filler or whatnot. So uh, as far as television is concerned, they're not really acknowledging that. So if you go into the app, you've got the stuff that aired within the last five to six years. Um, wow. Has that with their deal. Uh, they're also on Pluto TV. And you can find that on their uh, the on-demand section of Pluto. And, of course, you can find it on the CW app. I mean, it's all on-demand there. But you can, you can if you go to shows A to Z, which I find is the easiest way to find them, you can scroll down and find it there. Of course, at the end, it's in alphabetical order. Uh, again, Pluto. Pluto typically is a, a linear streaming app, kind of like old-school broadcast television. So if you want to find it, you got to go up to the top to where they keep the archive television and, and scroll through the same way you would on the other app and down to the bottom, they go as Wild Superheroes. So they, they have that. But I think some of the Wild talent might be a little confused as to where they're going to air. Because I saw some of them posted, and you can see me on CBS coming this fall. And I'm going to say now, uh, no. That is not exactly how that works. You are not going to see them on CBS proper unless they have some sort of special or something that I'm not aware of that's coming up. You will see them on CBS affiliates and independent stations across the country, mostly affiliated with the CW. Viacom CBS owns the CW, and you will catch them through that. Uh, as far as I have seen with my own eyes, I know that there are two stations that will be running it so far that, well, that, that I can say proof positive are running it. Uh, there's uh, a station in Texas, I want to say WTXT, I believe, uh, Channel 21, and KCAL in Los Angeles. Those are the only two that I know of. Uh, and I might be getting the Texas call letters wrong, but I know it's Channel 21. I, I, I saw it in the uh, on the CBS hub. So I've finally seen commercials that aired outside of KCAL. KCAL has been airing it for a while. They've been airing it probably for the last two months. Now, albeit it's running pretty late in the night, but 
it's still running. So in any case, for those who have, you know, for those talents that have been on the wild that have decided to post, hey, I'm going to be on CBS. You're not technically on CBS. I don't want to, you know, burst anybody's bubble, but that's not how that programming or syndication works. Wow is a syndicated program, and there's nothing wrong with syndication. I'm not saying that as a knock. Uh, wow is a syndicated program, and they're going to cover a lot of ground. Okay, they're going to get a lot of ground. They're going to, they're going to cover a lot of uh, uh, television stations across the United States. I still do not have a full list. I'm you know seeing this, I'm piecing this together station by station, as you can tell. So if you're asking if it is it running in your area, I do not know. But keep in mind that is not going to be like uh, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of a CBS show. Um, CBS airs NCIS. And when NCIS airs, it airs across the nation, except for, you know, time zones, but it airs across the nation. It doesn't have a time slot like that. It will, again, it will be one time in in Texas, a different time in in Los Angeles, different time in Atlanta, different time in New York. Uh, The one thing that I can say just based on the time that I've had in television that is probably not going to be a primetime show. So if I was a betting man, it's probably going to do one or two things. I know it's going to begin airing on Saturday. So if it's airing on Saturday, it's probably going to do, well, you know, they might have a primetime slot on Saturday because there's not a lot of primetime stuff happening in CW. But if I was a betting man, it's probably going to air either in the afternoon or late in the night. I'm looking at maybe 9 p.m. or so, I guess. But then again, it's going to be, you know, different slots across the country. So take make of that what you will. I'm just guessing right now. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, so anyway, we, I just wanted to kind of put that off before I go into review and uh, get into the things that I liked and disliked about it. And I started off with telling you what I dislike with this, you know, the predictability of the show. But I, again, I guess when you're looking at it like I am, you would notice that if you're only seeing it as a casual viewer, you might not catch the idea that, hey, they save these things for the end of the season, like episode 13 or 14 or whatever. Whatever it is that they wraps up their season with, that's when they are. Right, it's title change time. And if you know that, it's just, it's, it's just a little bit of a downer. That's all. So episode 32, it is clear from the get-go, from the moment that the show opens up, that they are trying to make this a big show, like a big finale. Uh, I guess this is the closest thing that Wild was going to have to a pay-per-view. I, I really have to say, before I go deep into the review, I like the idea that they tried to give it a big, a big feel. I wish that they negotiated some sort of special at least like tune in for the the two-hour finale of why you know if it's going to be a tv show and it's not going to run all year at least you know try to aim for something like that get get that two-hour finale in so they can get this stuff and it can feel different and you know maybe have some set pieces built for for the last show or i don't know just something to make it feel a little different the people that edited the show together, the ones that put the video packages in and all that good stuff, they did a fantastic job. They did a fantastic job of making it feel bigger, look bigger, you know, but 
I think there's other things that could be added on to that. They just have not had the opportunity to do it, I would imagine. So what can you say? It is, it's, it is what it is. But they opened with, like I said, it, it, was, a, it was a very a big fight feel. And it's a, essentially a season recap of Tessa Blanchard and her role to a rematch. And her loss to the beast, and they, you know, present this a really wonderful uh, video package to ex- illustrate everything. So, if you were just walking into this show and you had not seen anything, you probably could get the gist of, okay, well, this is supposed to be something special. And thumbs up for them. Thumbs up for them for doing that. Cannot, don't have a bad word to say there. Uh, segment two, <laughs> just as soon as I come off of saying I don't have a bad word to say. Okay, segment two, they have a debut, and it's the debut of Chainsaw with Angelica Dante. Is Angelica? Yeah, okay. Angel- Angelique, Angelica Dante. This is the first time we've seen either one of these people, and they say them for the end. I hate this. I hate that they do that. They have these debuts of people and characters. First off, I hate that most of them come out there when they debut, they lose. And they start debuting people so late in the show. This is the final episode of this season. Meaning, at best case scenario, if they came back, say, the following season, if they never took a hiatus, that means that you would have had to wait weeks to see this new person again. And that's assuming that they would have been on like the episode one. You would have had to wait months. Let's just go ahead and call it for order. You would have had to wait months to see this person again. That's just, that's no good. You know, uh, people lose interest. I know they'd be like, oh, well, if we introduce them now, you know, then that, that'll draw some That'll keep their curiosity or something. But no, man, people lose interest. They lose interest. Especially if I'm not going to see her again for two, three, four, five months. Much less two or three years. And I'm really surprised that half of these people hung on that long. But anyway, that's a whole different story. So it's Chainsaw being introduced. This is her debut with Angelica Dante as her manager. And taking on Steffi Slays. Who... I have just gone and accepted that she is the designated punching bag of wow. I, you know, I was getting behind her earlier in the in the season when she was introduced, and or well, I should say introduced when she came back and she was starting to feel like a bigger deal and a bigger star. She has equity in the company. She's been there for a while. And she started winning, but then she went right back into this. Right back into somebody new comes along and I get slammed around and beat up and lose. So, yes, I'm getting ahead of myself. And I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I was wrong. I wrote in my notes before this match finished, this is Chainsaw's debut, Dash will probably lose. And I was incorrect. And I was incorrect because nine out of ten times, that's what happens. The, the, The debuting person goes out there and loses. But anyway, Chainsaw, uh, Starts this match off charges and misses and illustrates her power advantage by ignoring 
a series of drop kicks by Slays, catching her when she j- jumps off the top rope to try to get her. Uh, Steffi is clearly playing the underdog here, and she did a fine job of playing the underdog. But, you know, you're an underdog. Like I said, the designated punching bag of wow. Uh, she tries to cru- crucifix. That doesn't work. She transitions that into like the other half of the sunset flip. That doesn't work as well. Uh, can- cannonball. Chainsaw misses a cannonball in the corner, and this gives Stephanie the open. She applies a sleeper, tries to put her down. Uh, Chainsaw gets out of that. Chainsaw continues to toss Stephanie around, and outside of showing the power, she actually wins. I was surprised when I saw it. That's why I wrote she actually wins, and she wins with a splash. Uh, after this, Dante, the manager, cuts a promo after the match. Uh, I don't know what to say there. I mean, it was decent enough. The only thing that I really was not in favor of outside of Steffi losing, I really don't think she should be losing to debuting entities right now. I, she's She's been with this company long enough and has worked with them enough that she should have a better track record. Uh, but outside of that, the this whole chainsaw motion that chainsaw does, gets a front face lock and then rubs her, the side of her hand back and forth across the back, which is ridiculous. And, and ridiculous and it looks stupid. I, I, I can't even say that in a nice way. It just looks dumb. It's all like, who would do this? If you were in some sort of competitive contest, who would do that? I, I don't know. Anyway. So you have that, and you have uh, Dante. She cut some promo about, you know, she's not going to have Chainsaw locked in the basement anymore, which, you know, she has some sort of custom-made leather straight jacket that Chainsaw wears. Uh, and essentially, this is this is paint by numbers. She's I'm putting people on notice. I mean, this isn't her verbate, her verbiage, but she's essentially I'm putting the wild locker room on notice. Chainsaw's gonna beat everybody up. Uh, that's basically what it comes down to. Now, as far as I know, Chainsaw will be coming back. Not too sure about Dante. Matter of fact, Chainsaw don't even look the same in the pro in the pictures that they got. Now I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but. Yeah, she doesn't seem to look the same in the promo pictures that they have. Now, whether Dante will be there or not is an entirely different thing. But, uh, you know, the only thing I can say about about the chainsaw that I know that is coming, and I don't know if this is something new that she did. She's apparently uh, committed to the gimmick because I think there's a she has a tattoo of an actual chainsaw on her. Uh, right thigh so despite the fact that she's recycling a wild name well no she's recycling a glow name excuse me there was there was a chainsaw back in the day with glow despite the fact that she's recycling that i can't really get on her about it because if, if you're willing to get a big ass ch- chainsaw tattooed on your thigh then you deserve the name so hopefully when she comes back uh there will be something reasonable in their future. Segment three. Oh, yeah, and I'm not even sure, like I said, if Angelica Dante is returning or not, but, you know, that's what happens when you sit 
in hiatus for two years. People have to move on and get jobs to pay bills. <sighs> anyway, segment three, there's a vignette recapping the feud between the Psycho Sisters and what we now hear on TV referred to as the Daughters of the Dark Side. Again, they're aiming for the big fight field. Now, I made note that not anywhere before this and certainly not after have I ever heard this group referred to as Daughters of the Dark Side. They said it right there in this particular promo, but after that, they didn't even say it during the match. I've never heard them say this before. They haven't heard it since. Uh, this is an edited show. That, that's just quality control. You can put that on the screen or something, you know, uh, you know just, just for continuity's sake. Right? My gosh. And th this was the feud that just would not end, and I was so happy to get to the blow-off. Because it is not like they traded victories back and forth. It was just like one disqualification and one run-in after another. So we got the six-woman tag team match. There are some talented people in this, in this ring. Two of them I've got the chance to call the matches for personally. Uh, the other two I know work on the indies. Well, Three, I should say, work work the Indies, and they've had great matches. Got the chance to interview uh, Hudson Envy, a.k.a. Spike here. So there's a lot of people that's in there. The only one that seems to be, you know, I, I say this nicely out of an element, is Mesmera. Throughout the entirety of this season and last season, when they announced her as having her, hey, she's going to have her first one-on-one -on -one match which never aired, she had the benefit of being inside of six-person tags or tag team matches or being the, the valley on the outside for basically the duration of the, the season. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with being the valet. There's nothing wrong with being ringside. you know. But if you're going to get her inside of the group like that, she probably should participate or a little bit more than what's happened. I I just I just feel if they're going to portray the entirety of the Psycho Sisters as this incredible faction within WoW, all pieces should be grooving together. And I just didn't get the idea that or the feel that it was all all pieces. It it always felt like either Razor or Fury had to hold up their end of the bargain and Mesmer was essentially allowed to do a minimum. Either that or they've cut massive chunks out of her match off TV. One or the other. So, this also was not even announced as a no-holds-barred match, even though that's what it became. When David McClain introduces this match last week or last episode. I'm not going to say last week. Last episode, it was just a case of you three against you three and you're going to get revenge for Razor and yada, yada, yada. They never explained any rules. They never explained any consequence. It's just you're going to have a match against each other. And, and in my mind, I was like, what makes this match any different? They've been fighting all season long, what what's the consequence here that makes? Why on earth would 
either team not attack the other one following a loss here? I mean, really, what what is to stop this? It's not like he said, okay, look, we're going to settle this once and for all, and once this match is done, that's it. If y'all attack each other at that point, the, the instigating party is going to be arrested on the spot or, you know, something, something that was going to make some sort of sense as to why they would have to leave or move on or they didn't transfer the heat or something like that. Have somebody else, a third party, come out there and attack the, 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 the winning team so that they start a new feud or, or the losing team so they start a new feud, whatever. You know, none, none of that stuff took place. And, and I hate when they just have something out of the blue and you don't, they don't address what the circumstances around it are. It's like them having that tag team term. They had this long tag team term, but they never show brackets, which meant that one team could recycle itself back into it. I mean, it's not that difficult. You may not want to, but it's not that difficult. So this is an apparent no holds barred match, regardless of what they have said and done. Hollisdale jump starts the match and all six fight. Uh, Mesmer did one clothesline in the ring and then the camera gets immediately off of her. Uh, uh, it was it was a good hero shot, but they, if she can work, let her work. That, that's, that's all I'm getting at. If she can work, let her work. If not, you need to work something else out. <laughs> so they get that. The, the camera gets immediately off her. And I'm not calling this thing play by play by play because it's too much and too long. They, they just brawled all over the place. You know, the, the Spike did not seem to be a a exceptional factor. I mean, she she did come in and I'm not saying that she worked badly. She did great. Um other than the announcers like, hey, she looks blowed up and tired already. You know, other than that, I don't know if I would point out <laughs> something like that for who is supposed to be the de facto baby face. I don't want to make them look like they just don't even have the cardiovascular to, <laughs> to do this fight. That just sounded weird, at, at least to me. Uh, but at the end of this match, Razor, who allegedly was so burned that she couldn't be there, Makes a run in, spray paints uh, Siren's face, and Fury hits the finish for the win. Uh, so the de facto babyface is the Psycho Sisters win this match. And hopefully win this feud. I don't even remember why this feud started. And even in the recap, they didn't even go into why the feud started. It just started. It just is. It just, it just feels like it's been so long. That this is carried on. I'm glad it's, it's, it's done. The matches were not bad, but they, they needed to have some definitive end. Um, so Razor, like the de facto leader of the group. Why am, I, why am I saying de facto about that? She is the leader of the group. Uh, she cuts a promo about being part of the Psycho Sisters and, you know, not having to – that was probably the best line that they had or that she had in there. It's like – we don't have to hypnotize anybody to join our group. Now, that's probably scripted, but it's still a good line. 
because of the whole Princess Ozzy thing that nobody came and tried to save her or nothing. She just she just hypnotized and trapped forever within the uh, the Daughters of the Darkness, although they never called them the Daughters of the Darkness, so whatever. But I, I like the line just because it, it, it is uh, a, a point of continuity. So you got whatever, I guess, is, is fair, I suppose, because there's no holes barred and you can't really disqualify for coming in. So the Daughters lost, uh, you know, essentially four to three. And then you got this this big babyface promo. And what can I say? They, they are building the Psycho Sisters to be a, a, a top team in WoW or a top faction in WoW. Logic would dictate that they would go after the, the tag team championships at some point, but I, I don't know how that's going to work out considering that you're probably going to have to have a whole new tournament all over again, which I, I'm tired of those too, but, you know, hiatuses will get you that. So the Psycho Sisters win, yay, and uh, the baby faces overcome, I guess. Because <laughs> I'm not sure about the Psycho Sisters being baby faces or heels most times unless they're up against uh, the daughters. Is that a recycled name too? I think that's, a, that's another one. Anyway, they haven't committed to that. I know there was a Daughters of the Darkness, I think, in the original version of WoW. So, yeah, more recycled names. Segment five, Team Blondage with Lana Starr in matching gear against Faith the Lioness, who we now know as the key to Lions, and Reyna Reyes, who you now know as Giselle, Giselle Shaw. Damn it, I can't even say her name. Uh, part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, another... Short recap of the issues. The issues here are basically cycling around um, the, the lioness and the, the tragedy and the heartbreak that she went through when her long hair was cut. All two inches of it off the back of her head. Ah, that was that, that was a, just a terrible angle. That... <laughs> I said it in one of the previous episodes. I'll repeat it now. If you're not going to commit to the act, then don't do it. You're not going to just go ahead and shave her head off to where people can actually be shocked, amazed, or, or horrified, then don't do it. And them cutting that look, the ends of her hair was nothing that a good salon couldn't fix. And that's pretty much what she did. She just got it cut and all's right with the world. She, so... If you saw what was supposed to be the journey of her change, it, it was so overblown. It's like, oh, she's trying to own it now and change her outfit and new life. And it just is it, it was so overblown. So you got this new Faith Alliance and Raina Reyes. She's basically there as a, you know, just a partner. She didn't have any stake in this other than that she's there to help the, the Faith out. So... <sighs> This starts off by making Blondish look dysfunctional because they're tagging each other in and out. And then by the time uh, Amber's in the ring, then uh, Chrissy Vane steps down, doesn't want to get back in. So they're trying to show this, I guess, or at least illustrate some sort of dysfunction in the group. This is a standard tag match. Nothing wrong here. The babyfaces are controlling to the heels cheated, just like you would expect. 
it was a case of trying to do something on the outside. Reyes turns around because she was not affected because of the timing. But then it, that just opened it up for Amber O'Neill to take advantage of it, which was you know, which was great. This is old school heel stuff, and I like it. Um, Reyes takes most of the heat here. She takes the beating. She's the one that they cut out, cut the ring off on. And and again, this is as it should be because the issue is with Faith and Team Blondage slash Lana Star. It is not with Reyes. So if anybody should get the revenge here, it should be her. So it works for me. Uh, the ref was completely worthless here. They had some terrible referees. <laughs> You know, the, the refs got to work, too. They, they You at least got to give the illusion that I don't see this or that I'm trying to maintain control or, you know, something like that. But the, the referees in WOW, some of them are just worthless. They just let stuff carry on for an indefinite amount of time without saying or doing anything. They just make it just, you know, <laughs> the match isn't supposed to end yet, so I got to do something. Anyway. Uh, it was no tags in the last few minutes of this match. That that was where it kind of went off the rails for me. You know, not that anybody here performed terribly, but at, you know, the, the, at least try to look like you're working within the confines of the rules. But this is just chaos. It's just chaos. <laughs> that that's all. Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is Team Blinders loses. This is the second match since reforming, and he lost again. I do not understand why they would go and take another life. I mean, you know, them losing here is fine, but I said in the previous podcast, they shouldn't have lost the first time they got together. They, shouldn't have, they should not have lost the first time that this team has gotten together in 20 years, and after the big deal that WoW made about them, they shouldn't have lost. But they did, and they lost again. And Lana takes a bump. Yeah, you know, Faith gets the the hot tag, comes in, does her business, drops Amber, gets the pin, <clears throat> and as Blondage gets out, uh, Lana is gets into the ring to avoid Reyes, but and she gets into the ring, she backs up into Faith. Well, I might be getting that in reverse, but you get the picture. And what it turns out is that when she is looking to escape, she turns around to a super kick, takes the bump, boom. I'm always in favor of the manager taking the bump. You know, if you you, you gotta you have to take the bump. So that's a thumbs up for Lana. She she went the entire season essentially without getting her comeuppance. So when you get to the point that it's time for the comeuppance, you like it. I mean, I, I'm glad that she was able to take it. I know that she has, you know, takes limited physicality. But the fact that she was willing to do that, I mean, it, and I'm going to say willing to take one for the team. Bravo to her and big thumbs up to Lana Starr. Slash Lana Kinnear. She deserves praise for that, for trying to make the management thing work. And you know what? I, just as a side note. I want to say all of the managers that have been wild have vastly improved. All of them. I mean, as of this recording, I know Mesmer kind of got included into it, so I'm assuming that she's being 
uh, more of a manager going forward. But the managers that we've known of up until this point, Samantha Smart, uh, Lana Starr, Sophia Lopez, they've all kind of raised it up just a bit. Now, I'm sure they, just like anything in life, you can always do better. But they've raised it up. They've taken bumps. They're constantly engaged on the outside. There's more cheating. They, you know, they use the the weapons. All the things that a good manager is known to do. So I just had to sidebar and, and give credit where it's due to all three of those ladies. Uh, segment six. Again, we go into you know the narrative of the beast is. It's one of the great rivalries in women's wrestling. I thought that was a bit much, but, you know, it's Wild's universe, and they can control the narrative as much as they want to. So if they want to say it's one of the great rivalries in women's wrestling, I don't have to personally agree with it. It is their show. And I recognize it's their, it's their show, it's their narrative. They can say and do what they want. The only thing that I would suggest is that they do – or say things, especially if they're catering to the wrestling crowd or the wrestling audience, because uh, there are going to be some crossover, but I'm talking about the ones that probably look at an AEW and see their women's division and look at a WWE and see their women's division, NXT and see their women's division, and Impact and NWA and you know the ones on the indies and so, so on and so forth. If you're catering to that crowd, I would – Phrase it just a little differently to where it doesn't come off as super broad. Because they could have been, you know, the way that they built it up, I will admit, the way they built Blanchard and the Beast up, it could be one of the great robberies within WoW, but I probably would say it that way. I probably would say within WoW opposed to just uh, women's wrestling because that, that kind of makes WoW sound like we are women's wrestling. We're all of it. So, I don't know. Uh, it went down to the main event, and I don't think there's going to be any real surprises here, but I'll go through the the whole shebang anyway. And then we'll go into WoW and its potential future. So, segment seven, the main event. They get down to it. This is Tessa Blanchard versus The Beast. Uh... They made a big deal about this throughout the show. And I think that they did a fine job with that. Also want to say that, you know, WoW sometimes takes the has developed a habit of taking something relatively small and making a big deal about it. Uh, one of the comments that was made during the match or just at the beginning of the match is the, the, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson is buzzing about this match, which is a physical and chronological impossibility. So I don't think so. Uh, they all, now, the comment that he made, you know, like uh, when the Beast was at whatever Comic-Con he was at and they asked him about her, it's like, oh, no, I don't want no part of her. She'll kick my ass. Now, you know, that's Dwayne Johnson. He, he's being funny, you know, and, and, and going along with it because he understands wrestling. And that was fine, you know, that, that whole comment. But him buzzing about the match, like I said, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Just, that that was just a, a physical impossibility for a, a time frame and chronological impossibility, considering that this match has been sitting in the can for two years and that that commentary is not live. So it begins with a stare down. 
Tessa opens up with rapid forearms, but is dropped with one clothesline from the beast. Great. Great stuff. Uh, for somebody who's a rookie and probably has maybe less than, I, I, I'm pretty sure the beast has less than 20 matches in five years underneath her belt. But for somebody that is, you know, a, a relative rookie, we're going to call her a rookie because most trainers that I've met and know, they go by the amount of matches you have, not about not the amount of time that you've been in the ring. So, I mean, not the amount of time that you claim that you were a wrestler. So, uh, so for a relative rookie, she's, she does very well. I think she's probably learning a lot from being in the ring with, uh, people who were better than her, people like the temptress, people like the disciplinarian, people like uh, 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 Tessa Blanchard, I, and, and, and haven't been in it with Jungle Girl and us. You know, I, I think those things help. I've said, you know, before, you only get better when you're working with people that's better than you. And this may be the education that she needs. And in fact, I'm sure of it. But uh, you have that, uh, you know, those, those rapid forearms, and she gets, she being tested pronouns, pal, she gets knocked down with one clothesline, and that shows the beast. And this was the theme essentially throughout the match. The beast overpowers Tessa. This was how it was, and with, a, you know, with the exception of a few short spurts, it was how it had to be most of the time. Uh, she was in control for you know a good portion of the beginning until she missed a spear into the barricade because she took the fight outside put tessa against the barricade took a walk back tried to spear tessa gets out of the way so the first time that the beast has a problem is she essentially brought it onto herself so they are playing up this thing that she's this big unstoppable monster which you know pretty good um they fight on the outside uh, Tessa does a smooth reverse out of the power bomb into a DDT on the outside. Great stuff. Uh, Blanchard goes to the top rope, but the Beast comes in the ring, catches her, and or catches her on the top rope and drops her or sends her back with a top rope Samoan drop or a top rope follow slam, whichever one you prefer. And she continues to overpower. Uh, they take it back to the outside. Tessa's able to get the beast down for a moment, which gives her the, the option to run around toward the entranceway. She grabs a chair, sets it by the barricade, gets a running start, charges, leaps off of the chair, and tries to dive on the beast. And notice I say tried because the beast gets out of the way and Tessa winds up nailing the ref instead. I have to say... I like that spot. It makes far more sense that a diving Tessa Blanchard, for however much she weighs, I'm sure she's not necessarily as heavy as the referee, and but it may be difficult for some people to buy that if she just punched him, he would be out, or if he get kicked in the head, that he'd be out. But you would absolutely believe that. That if she got up with a running start and drove her body into this man who wasn't expecting it and basically got bounced off of the outside of the ring, that could put him down and make him see stars for a little bit. So I love this. Love it. 
this goes back into the ring because now the referee's down and Blanchard being being a Blanchard has to take advantage of. She grabs a roll of quarters, knocks the beast down, even though we have quarters kind of sprawled out in the ring. You know, by the time we get the referee back up and he's coming in there, he's not seeing it. Fair enough. I could buy that. Uh, he counts to two and the beast kicks out. Still being the monster. Referee's still not together. They go through a sequence of several reversals. Uh, looks really good. That's that's why I said earlier that it looks like the beast is kind of coming into that and learning. It might be on the job training, but she was learning. And she looked good. I can only hope that I'm, this praise is on a clean match and not an overly edited one. But from what I see on TV or what I saw on television, it, it looked good. It, like I said, it's several reversals uh, after the Beast was going for her, we'll call it a Beast Bomb for a second time. Never could nail it. After those, she tried to get that third Beast, beast Bomb attempt and Tessa then pulled something out the back of her tights, nails her up, I, I assume, Brass knuckles, but they never said that, and I couldn't see it. And the cameras didn't have a good angle on it. So she nails the beast. The beast goes down. Second attempt. Well, I don't think it's a second, but another attempt on top of her. One, two, three. Blanchard wins, and she is a two-time Wild Women's Champion. I think that makes her the second two-time Wild Women's Champion in the history of the company. So we have this. The beast loses. This unstoppable monster. She lost. Tessa leaves with the belt, goes talk to David McClain. She's announced as the winner, has has the conversation with him. What I shouldn't say conversation. He's kind of a pseudo interview. He's saying, you know, you cheated. And Tessa's, I don't know what you're talking about. And she takes the belt and walks out. But as she's leaving, this is probably, I don't know if this was on purpose, or happy coincidence. I am going to assume it is all happy coincidence. But as she's leaving, David McClain is yelling into the microphone, you are not yet the champion. You are not yet the champion. And then they go off the air. Credits roll, end of the show. Now, the reason I say that that's probably a happy coincidence, because I, I don't think that whatever uh, – commentary that went into this was taking into account a, a hiatus of any sort and the luck here is that that gives a perfect opening for everything that's going on with wow right now considering that tesla blanchard apparently is no longer with that company and since she's no longer with the company him yelling you are not yet the champion that's a perfect opening. Now, I have no idea what they're going to do or how they're going to do it, but it's a perfect opening for them to just write that out. You know, have a backroom session. Well, you know, we looked at the footage, and it is very clear Tessa Blanchard cheated two times, not once but twice, to, to defeat the Beast. And following that and other uh, accusations of her cheating throughout the entirety of WoW, she's indefinitely – her entirety of being at while she's indefinitely suspended until she pays a fine of whatever million you know thousands of dollars or whatever you know it it, it just gives them a good out and I, I just thought about that whole thing off the top of my head i mean but it's easy you know 
And, and I'm not trying to make the job sound easy. I'm just saying the excuse. It's the, the excuse that they can deliver at this point because of what he said going off air it, it's, it's easy. It's a, it's a perfect explanation. They can always go back to that footage and show it so you can explain Okay, what happened? She left with the title, he, but he's saying she's not yet the champion. He was disputing it. And we know that he essentially runs wild. So <clears throat> they gave themselves a perfect out. That's all I'm saying. So that being said, now let's get off into you know what I wanted to finish off with while here. And that's the roster and the the persons at large who may or may not be coming back to the show. Uh, if you go onto their website, there is a significant number of new faces. Also on their site, there's a significant number of people who are no longer listed. Now, when they went into their initial hiatus, I was saying that there's probably two or three people that I could point at right off the top of my head that probably will not be coming back just based on the work that they picked up while while I was down. Um, <clears throat> the, the first person I said on that list was uh, Kira Hogan. Fire. Because she had gone from Impact Wrestling to AEW and I'm She's always struck me as a very driven young lady, and I think that she would probably want to dedicate her time to AEW if for nothing else to push her career. And I'm not sure if AEW would want or allow somebody to come on another television show that airs nationwide. Now, them being on some streaming service or a local indie or something like that, or even a pay-per-view, that's probably one thing, but to be on another national television show, probably not going to work with their their agreement with AEW, if I was guessing. I don't know that. <clears throat> but it seems to make sense. Thunder Rosa was the same thing. She won the AEW Women's Championship. I just did not see her making any returns. And uh, Jungle Girl for for very, very different reasons. Um, I think that she, you know, on their website, that she probably deserves an alumni spot or something like that because I'm sure if she was physically capable of, of wrestling and being with WoW, she very likely would be there. But I know it's, it's old news to some, but new to others, she is uh, diagnosed with cancer. And because of that, it probably is in her best. I mean, she still works out. She still runs endorphasm. She still looks great last I saw. And she's, you know, still fighting. As she knows that she's going to have to do every day, you know, probably the rest of her life. Because I think she said that her best case scenario is that she will just live with this the, the rest of her life. Um, so, again, for obvious reasons, she's not there. Uh, certainly, I, they, I wish the best to Jungle Girl, Eric Porter. I, it was one of the things that I had said a couple of times. I really wish Wild would do something for her now, like pronto. Uh, far too often we wait to do things, and I'm not gonna, you know, 
try to make it sound horrible, but very often we wait to do things, especially in, in the public eye, or, you know, companies like that, and, or, you know, people who are creatives and talents and, and uh, on-air personalities and stuff like that. And <clears throat> sometimes we have the opportunity to address that before something happens and we don't take it. Um, I think there should be a program that, you know, a, 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 something dedicated to on the, on the site, something, you know, a program that's at least a good segment of the program dedicated to her. I mean, she she gave that company 20 years. In, in essence, it's not a consecutive 20 years. It's not like, wow, it's just work nonstop. But she was there at the, at the front end of wow, you know. And she came back and she worked with them through every incarnation thereafter up until this point. So I think that they deserves something for that. Uh, but those were the ones that I knew of off the top of my head. It's like, eh, you know, I doubt that this person's coming back. I doubt that they're coming back. And I think for the most part, I am correct. And I've said it a couple of times throughout this podcast, but that's what happens when you have these type of hiatuses. It's like they, they're almost forced into hitting the reboot button over and over and over again. And this is, like I said, what, the fourth time, fourth or fifth time they've had to hit the reboot button. Okay, we sat down for a while. It just started over again. But, you know, they've, they've been just starting it over again for a while. It needs to have some consistency to it and not keep having to do this. Um, I was about to tell you, if you go to their site, you can see, and that was, that was minutes ago, but I was about to tell you that if you go to their website, you can see um, all the faces that are due to be on WoW. And then they got more people. As I, I know for a fact there's like two or three others that they don't even have listed. Before I forget, I guess I need to say this. WoW introduces way too many people at one time. They do. They just like this episode, just like the last episode I just talked about. Why are you introducing people on the last episode of the season? Only for some to be forgotten about. It's pointless and a waste of time. And I don't know, understand those debuting practices of theirs. Having people debut with this grand intro and video package and all this stuff and then go out there and lose. And then introducing people in odd points of the season. Building an entire season of the show around Tio Piper for her to be there like one time and second to the last episode. Just odd things like that. Back when they first started, they introduced the tag team of Nikki Law and uh, Christy, or I don't know. It was the team of Law and Order, a tag team that got introduced on a pay-per-view in a singles match. Never to be heard from or seen again. Things like that. It just, it needs to be thought through. So <clears throat> I want to go through some of the names, which is why I brought it up in the first place. That you have all a lot of people, some who are going to be fresh faces and others you may know in a different incarnation on the independent circuit. But uh, we've got 
Well, let's, let me start with the t- tag teams because I'll probably be recovering some of those. So, uh, the Psycho Sisters apparently have officially had their name changed, and we got another returning name from uh, 30 years ago in the Heavy Metal Sisters, which is originally a glow name. So, we, that's that's one being recycled, and we I got several of them on this list. Exile, Genesis, and Exodus are returning. The Miami, my, Miami. I must be thinking about Denny's. Miami Sweet Heat, which if you are, uh, this is Laura and Lindsay Carlson, which if, if you follow uh, the Indies, you would know them as the Go Hard Twins. Uh, speaking of twins, we got the Tonga Twins. We also have what was announced at the Daughters of the Darkness. I don't know if they're going to go by that name, but Siren Holiday and Princess Ozzy. And the Bully Busters, although they are not acknowledged as the Bully Busters on this list, so I'm not sure if they will continue on. Uh, of course, you got the managers, Lana Starr, Mesmera, Samantha Smart, and Sophia Lopez coming in as the, you know, the management or advocates or representatives or valets or whatever you want to call them. And then you have all the new faces. And down the line, the Tonga Twins, Chaos and Kona. I already said Genesis and Exodus of Exile. Samantha Sage, The Wrecking Ball, Princess Ozzy, Reina Del Rey, who was formerly known as Venomous, so she's got a gimmick change. Ice Cold, which is a recycled name, so that's two. Sahara, Sahara Spars, The Beast, Steffi Slays, The Disciplinarian, which also is a recycled name, but it was recycled several, I guess, years ago. So Jesse Jones, Siren the Voodoo Doll, Fury, Andrina Gambino, Americana, another recycled name, BK Rhythm, who you might know as Killer Kate, but I knew they were going to have to change her name. Ain't no way they was going to call her Killer Kate on a WOW program. Chainsaw, recycled. Chantilla Cella, still don't like that name. Coach Campanelli. Uh, we got a lot of Italian going on in here, huh? Foxy Fierce, G.I. Jane, which is a recycled name, but the original G.I. Jane never made it to air, so as far as the public is concerned, this is the first. Gigi Gianni, Holiday, Jennifer Gen Z Flores, Candy Crush, Keita Rush, uh, Lita, ah, man, I am going to butcher this name. I'm sorry, young lady. Leah Makoa. Hope I got that right. Uh, Malaya Hosaka, Penelope Pink, which you may also know as Marina Tucker. And although this is not a recycled name, is a recycled gimmick for WoW. I mean, WoW has got to have, no matter what season you look at it or who's playing the part, they have got to have the overbearing, obnoxious, stuck-up, snobby blonde. Has to have it. Randy Rara, another recycled name. So what are we up to? What's that? Five, six? I think it's about six. No, seven. Seven of them. Uh, Razor, 
Tiki, I can't even, I'm not even going to begin. Charamaro. Uh, Tiki Charm, I will just go there. Tiki Chamaro. Tormenta, which I also think is recycled, but I won't commit myself to that. And Vivian Riviera. That is the existing roster to WoW. I am willing to bet six of those will get one shot on television and not be heard of on WoW ever again. But, you know, why be pessimistic? Um, Before I go further, because I I have to get into those who are missing off of the show, another young lady who was on the independent circuit has been bitten by a while and is no longer taking any independent bookings. So sorry, independent promoters. You no longer have the services of Jessie Bell. She has announced on her Facebook and I believe her Instagram that she was it her Instagram it was another social media platform that uh, you need to follow her on Jesse Jones wow uh, her wow persona because she is no longer taking independent bookings she's focused on wow and those other previous sites uh, Facebook uh, in particular that I'm aware of and uh, whether her Insta- Instagram or Twitter, if it is listed under Jesse Bell, she says she is deleting it. If, it. if it's her working social media platform, she is deleting it. So her focus now is going entirely to wow. Uh, I, I guess congratulations <laughs> to, to Jesse. I mean, she's giving us some time and I, I think she's, pretty loyal to the company the company seems pretty loyal to her i hope they are for what she's doing um if it was me personally i would say uh, give it some consideration i really thought you know uh sidebar i've seen her work a couple of times um face to face and uh and obviously on wow um she's always been very good very good in the ring. And, and she's one of those those names I just, I really don't understand why she had not been on some other television program by now. I, I honestly just didn't, I mean, didn't understand. She was a good talker. Now, granted, the original gimmick wouldn't have worked on TV, but, I mean, you can have her do what she does there place else that didn't like the gimmick. Just put on a different shirt. Uh, for those that didn't know, I mean, back in those days, she you know, she was uh, a little bit more strongly southern driven, and I'll leave it at that. Um, well, no, because some people might get the wrong thing. She she had she wore a stars and bars shirt on in at the Independence, but she was whether I agree with it or not is relevant. But she wore a as a tribute to Je- Jesse Smothers, Tracy Smothers, who was her wrestling dad. Uh, and also because of the areas that she would work, you know, but depending on where she was, she just changed it, you know, changed the gimmick up a little bit, changed the shirts. So <clears throat> she, she was around for a while, always really good, great talker uh, that she didn't show up in impact at least once, you know, like with Mickey Knuckles as the smothers twisted daughters. I thought it was a great tag team. Um, 
or NWA now or something like that is kind of shocking to me. But I also feel like her work in WoW might open some eyes up. And I'm not saying use WoW as a means to go someplace else. I'm just saying she's done good work there. She has shown camera presence. She has, she's got tons of footage of showing her that she can wrestle. So I don't think it's any, you know, I don't think it's any of those things. You know, she has a she has a look that would work on TV. She works well in the ring. She's clearly not a rookie, and she can speak. I would think that one of those places might want her. I could see her in an NWA. I can see her in an Impact Wrestling, and honestly, I could see her in an AEW, or in, or at, at the very least in NXT. I worry about the main roster. I mean, it's getting better, but I worry about the main roster, although that's neither here nor there. But I certainly could see her in some of those places, and I would hope. And I know she says she's only turned her back to independence, so that doesn't really qualify for what I'm saying. But I was, I would hope that she would leave it open. And also, there's some pretty heavyweight independence out there, and that is a House of Glory calls her or Game Changer calls her or, uh, you know, Booker T, which is technically independent on reality of wrestling because he, he's got essentially the same deal that WoW does. He airs across the country in syndication on the CW. But I would imagine if one of those places called up, I would hope that it would get some consideration. This is all I'm saying. And I hope, I hope she does. But congratulations, Wild's been good to her. She's good to them. So, you know, that that's all you can really aim for. Um, <clears throat> I did say that there were several people who apparently are not coming back. And I, I took note to try to give a, a grand view of the non-returnees and then address the, the ripple effect that that will have in while following this. Um, so this is based on the roster of people who are not being featured on their website right now. So as of this recording, these are the people who are no longer featured on the website and assumably not returning to the show. Fire. Adrenaline. Jolene and Jolene, the Dixie Darlings. Jungle Girl, Amber O'Neill, Chrissy Vane, Sassy Massey, Tessa Blanchard, Havoc, Hazard, Callie Ray, Casey Dakota, Dagger, Temptress, Eye Candy, Nikki Krampus, Raina Reyes, Serpentine, Spike, Teal Piper, and Faith Delinus. That is the complete list of people. I think that's tw- uh, 20, uh, 21 potential non-returns. And... I'm sure I, I can't say it's the only reason why, but I'm sure a good part of that is the massive hiatus that Wild took. 
Now, whether that was because the hiatus forced people to, to look elsewhere or the, highest for, the hiatus forced Wild to say, all right, well, we just got to start over fresh. Either way, the hiatus hurts. And I, I, they're probably never going to do it because they like Wild to be produced like a TV show rather than a wrestling promotion that happens to be on TV. They like seasons and coming in and out of it, which I, I don't agree with. It allows too much time and room for things to go wrong. I know that television does that all the time. You know, there's seasons for shows, but, you know, those are contracted players. And they have every reason to be on those shows like that because the show does well. They'll always be able to go someplace else. They'll always be able to get another sitcom. They'll always be able to get another drama if the show goes well. Wow, isn't that? Not going to be on there and then suddenly get some sort of sitcom. I mean, maybe one or two of them might. Maybe. But that's that's kind of a hard-pressed thing. Or drama or whatever. There's always an exception to the rule, but this is not, you know, wrestling isn't treated that way by and large. And this is, regardless of that, what they may call it internally is wrestling. Uh, as I said, the hiatus is, you know, they, they don't help. I, I hope that they get passes, but the, the amount of talent that kind of slipped through the fingers here, not disturbing, just disappointing. It's, it's, it's disappointing that they that some of them who were good fits in the company just aren't back. But I I understand that people grow at a different pace. You know, Fire, Kara Hogan, like I said, she's off in AEW now. And I'm pretty sure that's a high priority for her. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. She's wrestled elsewhere. She's she's wrestled in the NWA. I know she left Impact to take this, but I, I'm going to assume that it is not a policy for AEW talent to wrestle for other wrestling promotions on a national platform. Technically speaking, WOW is a national platform, so it may not work for her. And that might be the same thing with Adrenaline. Jolene and Jolene no longer there, which that's the first ripple effect of the show. Well, actually, of the first four people I just named, Fire, Adrenaline, Jolene, Jolene, that's the first ripple effect that you feel. Why? Because the previous episode had Jolene and Jolene win the tag team championships along with Jesse Jones. So now, after calling or reviewing the final match, we got two people who were champions who are no longer with the company. Tessa Blanchard allegedly has been, you know, has parted ways with WoW. And Jolene and Jolene have said they're no longer working with WoW. Now, that, that was the communication that I had from their Instagram uh, under their actual names, not Jolene and Jolene. I'm not sure if anybody answers that anymore. But so now you have not only your world's champion not coming back but the tag team champions two-thirds of it because jesse jones essentially was the the point person or the lead of that and then you had the number one contender slash former champions no longer returning either so that puts wild back into the situation where god i hope they don't have don't do it but 
they potentially could have to have another tournament. I, it's just, I don't know what I would do in this case. I mean, I, I gave the, the whole spiel about what I would do if I was talking about the World Championship of WoW. But I don't know what I would do in this case other than, I don't know, maybe have Jesse Jones, who, again, lucky for them, and it might be a lucky break that she was one part of a third rather than a standard tag team, that she could essentially, hey, those two got fired because they didn't do what I told them to do, and, you know, I'm still the, legally I'm still the tag team champions, even though it's just me, but... I'll find a new partner by the end of the episode. You know, something like that. That might save us the grief of going through a, a whole new tournament all over again. I mean, if it were me, I'd just tell her, who's on here? Grab Candy Crush and, you know, she's my new partner. Boom, out, and we're done. Just, just enough to get the show rolling. But... But that's hard, man. That that's a hard break. You come back and then all, I guess five. I was gonna say four top contender, tag team champions, and their and the singles champions all gone just because. I mean, the singles champion is one thing. That's just alleged bad behavior. So so that's that has really nothing to do with the hiatus. But it's just a bad break for them. It just continues to be a bad break. Uh, I just went over what, you know, Jungle Girl's whole thing. Amber O'Neill and Chrissy Vane, see, that's there's another one. The, the reformation of Team Blondage and only to go down in flames. I, I would have liked for them to return if for no other reason than to uh, get a proper run at being a top tag team, if not the champions. I mean, you know, that could have been a negotiation in and of itself. Jesse Jones like, hey, look, I fired him. I don't want to be the, the singles champion. I want to be the champion. So we work out this this uh, exchange of titles, sign some papers, Sofia Lopez could be involved. I mean, you know, there's probably a couple of ways they could have got out. I know they won't do anything I just said because they already taped it. But uh, <laughs> those things would could work to get just to get them out of having to repeat stuff because this hiatus may force them to repeat stuff. Uh, uh, who else do we have on the list? I'm, I'm actually surprised that uh, Alicia Edwards isn't coming back. Sassy Massey, which I guess that now leaves Chanchilla Chella on her own because that was basically the the beat-up team where we had somebody to, to beat up. And that might be another reason, you know, because – it feels like when you get into WoW, whatever role that you're deemed as, that's going to be your role. You're not moving up any ladder anywhere because you don't have any support or any gauging of the crowd to know whether you're important or good or not. So if you walk into WoW and you're hoping that you might get a run at the top or something like that, that, that might uh, that might alter your perception because the story has been written and is – it ain't changing for most people, I'm sure. And if I and I don't know that to be the case, this, this is all just speculation. It's hypothetical. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, take it with a grain of salt. But if you have 
I don't want to say pride in your work, but if, if you want to be the best at it and recognize as the best at it and be seen as the best at it, you want to be at the top, right? You want to be the champion. You want to be a top runner, not go out there and lose every week. Nothing wrong with taking a loss. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> but if your aspirations are different, then that changes things around. So, and, and it looks like it's a significant number of, of wrestlers, you know, not people who are solely trained through WOW, but a significant chunk of, you know, people who are working in the Indies now that I'm looking at it, other than Jolene and Jolene. You know, Fire, Drilling, Jungle Girl, Amber O'Neill, Chrissy Vane, all of them will still work. Sassy Massey, she still works. I think she's still part of Impact. Havoc, Hazard, Callie Ray. Uh, I know she was in OBW for a while, and Havoc and Hazard. Havoc might still be an impact. Hazard's taking a little bit of a break. Uh, Casey Dakota, uh, well, Dagger, she, she's probably a, a, a wow exclusive temptress, but all of them were doing, you know, were basically girls who could, could get get around and work. <clears throat> it's a shame to see them go. And finally, I guess the, the one other thing here is to, to kind of make the point that the people who just got introduced for like an episode and then disappeared, uh, this is exactly what I'm expecting to happen with this new season of Wild coming up. I expect to see some people just show up and then disappear. Ha- not Hazard, Nikki Krampus. One match, gone and forgotten about. Casey Dakota, one match, lost, gone, and forgotten about. The, those things, you know, that they, they could get past that. Teal Piper, which that one is surprising. Because they spent so long building the whole thing around her. So long getting into this whole mode of, Teal Piper's going to be there. I mean, she was in the press releases. She she did the press conferences, and, and you know they they had videos on her, and and you know it was being made to be this big deal. The second generation, you know, the, uh, mouth just like a father, the you know Roddy Piper, and she got to show up like one episode, and then just was gone, gone, and apparently not to return. There lies the disappointment that, you know, Wild can produce sometimes. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not just Wild, but Wild and his hiatuses. Back to the point at hand. Those things suck. They don't do anything to help this promotion. It only allows a major window for things to go wrong. That is what those hiatuses do. I'm sure there would have been people that have stayed in that company or on the show far longer had they had the option to stay or they had more weeks underneath them but since they didn't and they couldn't depend on just waiting around a lot of them had to move on and there you have it it's, it's just a shame that it, you know it, it works that way with wow I, I, that's another one of those things I hope that gets some reconsideration Maybe one day down the line they'll open up to doing more weeks, and I'm not saying that as a. As, I wish I had more TV, more wow on my TV. I'm not saying it like that, but I do think that it will minimize the turnover. I think it will minimize the issues with continuity. 
and just minimize the overall storytelling that they the problem that they have. You know, a constant cast rollover is never good. It just it makes people lose interest after a while, uh, especially when it's uh, <laughs> shortly done one after the other. So there it is. That's uh, the the news and notes and the review of Wow and his final episode and the opening going into this new season, new faces and new championships. And they've been doing this thing over and over and over again. And the the end result is that they have these these lapses in continuity. So hopefully um, going forward. This will change, and maybe some people will hang around, and we can get a a stronger path for a while. There, there's a lot of things that they did right, and things that I don't agree with, and I will use the terms "don't agree with" because I won't say that is wrong. I, I do want to end this the season of this podcast review with that. I don't want to say that is wrong because just because I don't like the way that they did it doesn't mean that it, there's a right and wrong to it. There's a thousand rights. I just do not agree because it does not make sense to me on some of these things. So I, I don't want to. I don't want to paint them as like this. That was just you know the wrong way. So in any case, um, if you have news about Wow, or you have your opinions about Wow, or people that you wish would return to Wow, or, or if you like the new faces, let me know. I, I'd like to hear the comments. I like to read the comments. I know some people have been looking forward to this and have, have been praising them as the top women's wrestling promotion. That's a that's another debate for another day, but we will uh, move on. And I will be looking out to see whether I get it in this area or not. If it is, then I will certainly view it and, given time, re- review it. And maybe that will spark up a little discussion and see how people are taking the show thus far or going forward. We will, uh, time will tell. We will see. Thank you for tuning in for this edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling and uh, giving me your support. If you want to further that support, be sure to visit WPNWrestling.com. Tune in to the 24-7 broadcast. Uh, you can hit the donate button if you want to drop a little tip in the jar, so to speak. Uh, subscribe on any on the platforms that you're listening to. This gets sent out on our site through Podbean and then Greater. Uh, I was going to say iTunes platforms, but Greater podcast platforms, which include iTunes, is what I was wanting to say. Uh, if you're watching or listening to this on YouTube, you can subscribe and like the video there because your likes. Help push this thing out into the ether of the algorithm and more people can get to tune into the channel and, and uh, view and listen as well. Thank you for your time and consideration, folks, for listening to this podcast and me, your host, Mr. Green. And speaking of which, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we'll see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page.
We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.